Songe Zoma Bebe on SAFM. 21.13 is the time, and we have a conversation now with Matakanya Matakanya, General Secretary of the National Association of School Governing Bodies. South African parents seeking relief from mandatory school uniform costs. Now, earlier on today, Ms. Karabo Mdawong was on Stephen Hrotis' show speaking from the perspective of the Competition Commission and perhaps the philosophy that underpins the move to encourage schools to participate in the context of making education in the net effect more affordable and to ensure whilst doing that it does not offend or run afoul of the competition authorities through engaging in conduct that is otherwise anti-competitive. And it has been going on for quite some time now, the conversation on ensuring that even schools participate, although there might not be firms in the traditional sense, they certainly do participate in the economy and how certain deals, contracts have been concluded and the ongoing participation of the first those who make and sell school uniform and the contracts and and the conditions attached to those arrangements have proven certainly to be anti-competitive. And so the conversation continues, and it's especially important time to have this conversation now when we talk to Matakanya about the perspective of the parents and what the governing bodies, generally speaking, are doing to respond to this clarion call to ensure that dignity and equality as well as a competitive environment exists even in the schooling context. Matakanya, Matakanya, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Zonyezo, and uh, all your listeners. Well, this has been going on for some time now. The National Association of School Governing Bodies is aware of this, and I would imagine many parents who have kids in schools who have to buy uniform would welcome now this position that has been going around. The question that I really have for you is how is this now settling? How are schools responding to this? And what role, if any, are school governing bodies playing to ensure that the legal position is not just respected but understood for the purposes of ensuring equality in the broader sense is achieved? Now, what, thanks again, uh, Songhezo. National Association of School Government Body is guided by the laws in the country, first being the Constitution, Section 29, that uh, talks about the right to basic education. And secondly is the South African Schools Act, Section 5, that talks about uh, admission without discrimination. So that in itself controls the school governing bodies to formulate policies in schools. In this instance, the code of dress in schools, which is now uniform. So when they craft that, that policy, they must ensure that uh, uh, children will be able to access education. Also, parents will be able to afford. And uh, we have been talking to the school governing body to say, we must not be uh, going out of the the laws, the regulation policies of this country. Then whatever you do, it must be within that. But you know, Songhezo, that... uh, uh, there are people 
who are opposed to change or there are people who do not want to move from their comfort zones. And this country, you will know that uh, there have been evergreen contracts for quite a long time until the advent of democracy in this country when the South African Schools Act introduced that uh, school governing bodies cannot have a contract that exists their term of office. So it is this, school, this, 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 this uh, South African Schools Act that indicates that. But the evergreen contracts exist, exist the, 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 the term of office of school governing board. But you understand that now. It is those few uh, schools that really do not want to change from their their comfort zone. They've been very comfortable. But the rest of the schools are changing in line with the policies, in line with the, the laws in this country. To say, And we are saying we don't want to hear any story about the evergreen uh, contracts. And secondly, is that parents must be allowed to go and shop around and buy where they can afford. That's what the and Competition that's, that's Commission the says, Matakanya. I mean, everything that you say is precisely what has been the basis upon which this program has been undertaken by the Competition Commission. The question is, why would there still be opposition to this when the obvious benefits are there for everybody except for perhaps, perhaps the incumbent? Why would schools even be supporting the incumbent on this evergreen contract and be resisting the position that is in fact now law? What would you attribute that to? As I said earlier on that, uh, uh, people are immune to change. Uh, and not only change. You know that in this country, uh, there's the cancer. Uh, this cancer is, 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 is cutting across. I mean, uh, this evergreen contract, there are people who are benefiting out of them. There must be some kickbacks. And that's why we are working with... Uh, the competition commission to say if we talk to this school government board and they don't change then we can quickly say a uh, competition commission investigate the school but now you know that uh, uh, change is is, is 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 very difficult to some people uh, who, who are these people who are resisting change i mean this is not an opportunity no, no, to actually skirt same, around I mean, the, the issue yeah. without really going that's why we are working with the this competition commission to say this school as much as the laws have changed they don't want to change go in and investigate what are then the common themes of those who you are characterizing as resistant to change i mean from what you have articulated early on in terms of the benefit of having more players participating in the provision of school uniforms the fact that it's a, a very fundamental rights question, best interests of the child, Section 28 to Section 29, right to education, equality, Section 9. It has all the constitutional hallmarks, this move by the Competition Commission, to ensure that whilst there would be those suppliers who have rights to supply school uniform, but they should not have exclusive rights indefinitely to do so, speaking to the evergreen contracts. Now, to the extent there is opposition to all of what you have articulated, what is being advanced for the basis of that opposition? By the offending parties, obviously. No, no. <laughs> so, as I said, you know, uh, it's not only 
in education. I think throughout South Africa, you know that. No, but I mean, this is a specific question to this issue. What is being advanced? as why we are resistant to change. I know this is not just limited to the school uniform question, but my question is advancing this issue. No, no, I, I don't know, but I, I, I characterize it as uh, people opposed to change. And, and, and I may not know psychologically that what makes people not to change, because the laws uh, have changed. And we expected people to change, but people do not change. I, I may not know. Maybe uh, we have to invite probably psychologists to say what is the, in the mind of these people who do not want to change. I mean, there are laws there, and they do not abide by those laws. You know, so I don't. I, I would not tell you something that now. This is, but I know that definitely show that people are opposed to change. What, what are the powers of a school governing body as it pertains to the school holding a position that seemingly is at variance with not only the law, but what the parents of that school, through the SGB and or through the PTA, and the suggestion is, guys, we cannot, and I'm making an example, I'm saying this out front. For instance, if you are in East London, you will not only effectively and forever be buying your clothes from Strand Outfitters. I mean, Strand Outfitters have been supplying uniform for since 1920 when they were established. And I remember buying my uniform from there. If, if it was not Strand Outfitters, it was Kingons. Now, without necessarily suggesting Strand Outfitters and Kingons are defending parties, I'm using them purely for reference purposes and to locate the conversation. Why would if the position of the law and the parents are suggesting actually we can do exactly what these outfitters are doing at a cheaper price and we will secure ourselves a five-year contract to supply these school uniforms and again it's not everything that is school uniform that is being supplied here because shoes are generic in color gray socks are largely generic in color a white shirt or any other color shirt can be available anywhere else as can be gray shorts the question really comes in with the jersey, with the blazer, with the tie and the badge, and here and there, the socks. Now, that would obviously need a specific and particular contract for obvious reasons in terms of standardization of color and ownership of the logo and intellectual property to that extent on the part of the school to ensure that it's not just floating around with any potential um, <clears throat> outfitter out there but a five-year contract should be able to do and then again it goes out to open tender you bid and if your prices and everything else that is a value proposition for the school and the parents because it's actually the parents who will be paying so they've got a large stake here not necessarily the largest but certainly a sufficient stake why would that then not land with the school one and two why does that disallow still the governing bodies and or the parents through the PTA com committees not have such a strong voice to actually enforce that change, which is predicated on law. What makes it difficult? Uh, well, it is also historic, and I, I would like to go into the history of, 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 of education in our country. You'll know that... Uh, the rest of 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 the people or the rest of the parents uh, were excluded 
uh, in the education of their children. However, the advent of democracy, uh, 1994, then parents were brought on board uh, to part and parcel of the education of their children. But still up to now, 30 years, you will find that now the roles and the responsibility of the governing body has been eroded or has been taken away by some individuals within the value system. Now, and it is not surprising that even in the very same issue that we are discussing, you may find that now when school governments have to take it, it is true that uh, their work is to just determine the color of the school, the colors of the school. And finally to say, no, uh, these are the colors and you can go and buy where uh, you, you can afford and all those things. But you know that uh, there will be people who are wrestling with the powers of the school governing bodies and they know that those individuals will be benefiting out of that because when you, you still have this uh, contract, it will be benefiting probably of the, the individual within the school. The same applies. I may not answer. Before you continue, let me take a call because we are running out of time and I fear as though we might not actually get to the, some of the core issues that I'm trying to probe you. So let's move on to Colin in Cape Town who has a contribution or a question to you. And the guest this evening is General Secretary of the National Association of School Governing Bodies, Mr. Matakanya Matakanya. Colin, good evening. Thank you for calling. Good evening. Good evening. I don't agree with your guest. But anyway, you know, it's a case of I don't see why the school governing body has got to actually be involved. There's such a thing as a PTA, Parents Teachers Associations, which we used to have meetings in my days, I'm talking about the 60s, and we should discuss uniforms and what type of clothes and things like that and that. Now, you could go anywhere to any toy shop and buy a good pair of grey socks, the girls' white socks. No badge, no nothing on it. A good white shirt. The cheapest wherever you bought it, pet store, shop price, wherever you bought it. It didn't have to be at a certain shop. You could buy um, a, a, a jersey, a long sleeve, a short sleeve for the summer and so-and-so, or, or, the, or the autumn, whatever it was. No badges, nothing on it. The only thing it was... A badge was your blazer, and there were a couple of shops that could sell that blazer, not a particular shop. Pep stores used to sell it. Shop rights used to sell it. Woolworths, uh, not Woolworths, Hensel Lights and all those people, you could buy it anyway. Now, I, I only talk about constitutional right for, to education, but there's got to be a dress code in schools. And yeah. as for the, pe- the teachers... And the principals and the school, uh, the school um, that's involved to have meetings and discuss and see what the people in that area, what they can afford and how to design the clothes. Your tie had no badge on, but it had a school color on, which you could buy. So your underwear, I, I was surprised to hear, even a girl's underwear must be marked, badged, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? 
Mm, that sounds like nonsense to me. And and that's precisely right. the issue or the, some if, of the as issues. If, as, if, as if they're going to go swim in the school in the other way. <laughs> no, I get the frustration. I can certainly understand if it pertains to uniform or sporting gear. I mean, the, 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 that's not the issue. The question is why, for instance, governing bodies and or PTA, to the extent that there are those who are resisting change, what is the stumbling block? I don't imagine a school can really function if two critical masses of its administration, the governing body where parents have a stake, as well as the PTA, where the P-part stands for parents, who are the ones who are adversely affected by the non-responsive nature of the school in this instance to effect this change that speaks to all of the things that Matagania had articulated to, would struggle to get the school to respond, yet they are such a critical mass and stakeholder in this directive, really, a legal instruction, a legal directive, a legal position. And I'm trying to get parents, perhaps then, who are listening to this conversation, to breathe and shed some light as to what has been the experience and to the extent some sit on these platforms, PTA, SGB, what seems to be the holdup, to the extent that there are those, as has been alleged or at least conceded, are resistant to the change. I understand I have two voice notes. Hi, Songezo. Please, maybe try to... to <laughs> I don't know how can you best simplify this question that you're putting before your guests because I would like to to know their response because Umbuzo is very simple. The ask is, what is it that those people are putting as the reason of their rejection? Don't worry about change. Don't worry about people not wanting to accept or to adapt to change. What is it that they are saying? I don't want this change for. For example, if you ask me, why am I saying Philip Balula must be suspended? I would say because it talks too much. That's what I would say. So that will be the reason. So it's very simple. We want the reason. I appreciate that voice. Hello, Songezo and uh, Mr. Matagani Matagani. You know, I'm very surprised when our chairperson of uh, National SGB says people don't want to change. Maybe he must call a psychologist. So can we call a psychologist? Whereas we got a uh, <coughs> a, competi- a competition commission that is having deterrence to those who don't want to oblige with the rules of this country. So he wants to tell us that we, we don't have uh, uh, measures that will force those who are undermining the laws of this country to follow those laws so uh, i need a clarity on that because when you say people don't want to change it means competition uh, what commission of competition doesn't have any deterrence so we want to know why don't they implement those deterrence wprm zlimbob yeah well mr matakanya you've heard the questions i don't have to repeat them they are clear to me and i hope they are clear to you please respond yes no thank you very much on this uh, really, I, I don't know how to convince people that uh, uh, question of change. Uh, maybe what 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 one should say is that if people refuse to change, probably they benefit out of what they are doing. I mean, for instance, if people do not want to leave the evergreen contracts, it therefore means that they are benefiting. It could be through the kickbacks. That's why they don't want to leave those evergreen 
contracts. So that could be just a simple, uh, simple, simple question. However, I wanted uh, this question to be interrogated. Why people do oppose change and all those things? But I'm just giving that simplistic uh, answers to say it could be that they refuse change because they are benefiting. They refuse change because uh, they are in a comfort zone. So they don't want to move away from that comfort zone. So, uh, and we may find that they take the advantage of the governing bodies uh, at some instances. Those people who know exactly, or who, those people who are benefiting, then they, they use the school governing body not to change. And we see a school governing body who are not changing. But there are people, as I say, School governing bodies are really not able to exercise roles and their responsibilities. Somebody, somewhere, somehow, uh, then take advantage of that and 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 misuse the, the, the role and So what I'm simply saying, uh, maybe simplistically, is that when people do not want to change, then they are benefiting out of that system. Okay, very well. We cannot take this conversation further. Thank you so much for your contributions, Mr. Matakanya Matakanya, General Secretary of the National Association of School Governing Bodies. I will read this. The South African Schools Act gave parents, teachers, and high school students the right to form school governing bodies, SGBs, and to make policies around issues, among other things, such as language, religious instruction, school fees, and a code of conduct for learners. SGBs, therefore, are empowered to instruct schools through its constitution of teachers, learners, and parents of the rules of the game. There's absolutely no reason why there are those who are resisting change, more especially when it comes from authority, legal authority at that. I take this conversation no further. 2135 is the time.